Hello and welcome to HR Essentials. I'm Laura and in this show, you'll hear from a range of special guests, top HR leaders all offering a slightly different, delightfully honest and an engaging exploration on all things HR. From management and leadership to HR technology and pretty much everything else in between. So whether you're a HR professional or not, stay tuned as we dig up tips, tools, and insights that you can apply to your own organization. Hello and welcome to Leaderonomics FM. I'm Laura and in this episode of HR Essentials, we will be discussing about the skills that make HR's future and, and what skills does HR need to not be the unseen team but instead one that brings real business impact as an effective partner. I'm so excited to have with me Vignesh Nambiar. He is the Vice President of People and Organization overseeing a cluster of different regions or, or countries, Indochina, Northeast Asia, Malaysia and India, and also group talent development. I've told him that his that his job title is too long. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Vignesh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Laura. We've seen HR grow from just being an administrative function to now really trying to, we always say, get a seat at the table mm -hmm. to be able to make business decisions together with um, the management team. How have, how have you seen HR evolve throughout your career? Very interesting question. I mean, I've now been doing HR for about close to 20 years, wow. 17 years to be specific. <laughs> And uh, if I try and reflect back then, HR was uh, still very administrative. I mm. mean, there was there was the strategic part mm. and uh, that was still there. But we were pretty much uh, administrative in, in most uh, part of our, our role. Mm. And uh, administrative here, meaning the focus was very much on hiring, mm. getting uh, payroll sorted. Firing when when required, Ouch. and uh, and and one key skill then that that I still remember as a, as a young uh, executive I was exposed to was filing. Filing, because, yes, wow! Because we had so many papers. What a skill! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, you must I'm, have nimble I'm, uh, fingers. <laughs> yes, I I was a filing expert. I don't think I I can do that well now. You should but, put that on your LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that is something that, that we, mm. we were expected to understand that mm. because every communication was through hard copy or mm. most communication. I still remember in, in my early years when I was selected for a training, uh, the selection itself, I, I got a letter from the HR director saying that you are being considered for a, for a program. Mm. And then about a few weeks later, I got another letter to say that you are confirmed attending the program. Wow. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, I got another letter saying that this is the agenda of the program. This is how you get there. And just, just to, for me to start the program, I probably got five letters. Wow. So it's a lot of documentation a as well. A lot of documentation, right? And, and HR then, or at least my role, one of, one of the skills, was was to then put these five documents into the personal file of the employee. <laughs> okay. right? and, and, and that was it. Right? It's just me. And imagine if you multiply with the amount of employees that you have wow. and the amount of paperwork that goes on. And this aspect I've seen has, has significantly changed mm. over the, the 17 years uh, that with I've gone through since well. then. Right. Yeah, with technology. And the focus has totally shifted. Right. We have really took a, a huge leap into where we are. Mm. And uh, I mean, 
from admin that we had to, for example, talent management. Mm-hmm. Now, talent management was unheard of when I started. I still remember back then when we put up an advertisement for manager talent and performance. And uh, many people were confused. They were like, are you now starting an, an audition session? <laughs> are you looking for singers? What, what does wow. talent and performance mean? And how many years ago was that? This was in 2003, 2002, wow, 2003. Really early already. Yeah, so I think we were one of the first companies at that point of time, mm-hmm. one of the early companies to put this advertisement out. We were also trying to figure out what this role is or is supposed to shape into. Yeah. And, and we started uh, with, with, this, with this journey. But today, talent manager is given. Yeah. Every organization has a talent manager yeah. and every, every employee, uh, every company goes through a talent management uh, framework and practices and processes. One of your foundations that you need to have in a HR um, team, if yes. you may. It's, it's given. It's yeah. mandatory. You see in almost every auction, right? Whether, whether you, you have the resource for it, for a specific person or not, or if it's a general person doing, you still need some sort of uh, planning and organization there for talent. Yes, yeah. yes. That that function now has become core of mm. HR, and that's really a strategic yep. portion of it. Right. right. And and there's also a lot of other evolution. I mean, the shared services function, for that matter. Uh, over the years, we see the development of shared services uh, centers. We see how. Uh, we start outsourcing, right? Mm. In the past, the HR person does everything mm. and that has slowly moved out and HR start uh, elevating itself to more value-added stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the other one that I see. And, and, and I still remember when I started, we were still uh, using Excels in, in some areas, especially on performance management. Right. Uh, and some data of employees, we were still in Excel. Mm. And that quickly moved into HRIS, mm. whether you have a system, a high-end system or low-end system. But now, every organi- almost every organization have their own HR information system. Yeah. And I mean, performance management as well. Most organizations are having it all online. Yeah. In the past, it was all through paper. Excel and paper and filing. <laughs> and, and printouts. And printouts and sign-offs. You know, there are so many of these things that has, has switched into a more technology-driven uh, and, and more value-adding uh, yeah. functions. Yeah. And I guess that has also... I, I guess where you started off was very... You must have been really big on processes. And, you know, if you had all this that you needed to do, you need to make sure that you follow a certain, you know, certain step to doing things. But now it's instead of 10 steps, it's just one click of the button yeah. and you'll get something. Yeah. I think the processes are still there. It's just that how do you get to the end result mm. that has changed? In the mm. past, everything had to be done manually. Mm. Now, with the advancement of technology, technology has helped take the, 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 the more admin job off and we can focus a lot more on, on strategic-related uh, matters. Mm, that's good. And I think just from my observation as well, being an employee and, and now being in the HR space, I think it, HR has, like what you say, has also been elevated to a role that is more has to be more business-aligned and also accountable to the business leaders in, in what they do. So just touching on what you shared earlier, what, what do you think it means to be in HR today? What, what, what can HR people do or the skills that we need to have to be, to be, to be an effective partner to the business? 
effective partner. Okay, let's just let's just take for an example a HR business partner. Right? Mm. Uh, this is now more and more, uh, at least for the last few years, it has been uh, buzzword, a, a buzzword, and something that has been expected of yeah. of uh, organizations to have. So I just break it down into the HRBP. You know, I, mm. I, in, whenever I speak to someone, first of all, to, to just start the concept of, I think HRBP is not just a role of, of a particular HRBP. Everybody in the organization of HR have to function as a HR business partner. Wow. Even if you are the head of HR, you are also a HR business partner because you are the person who connects the business needs to the HR solutions that you provide. Mm. You have to be able to understand the business and provide the solutions. But do you think everyone do you think everyone would have those skills though? Because traditionally when they were in HR, I mean I, I would assume that you, if let's say you're doing payroll, um, I'm gonna be a, a, a special I'm gonna be specialized in payroll. Would I then have that skill to be a HRBP? Not everyone would have the skill, mm. but I think uh, that's where we are gearing towards. Mm. All roles do not need to have that skill. Mm. Exactly your example of payroll or if you are in a shared services center, mm. maybe you, yeah, you don't true. need to. But I believe the, the senior leadership of right. the organization of HR must have the HRBP mindset in them. Mm. So what do I mean by HRBP? I, I like to break it down, the H of HRBP. Human. I, I, human, I, I call it the head and the heart. Oh. Right? And, and the head because I believe uh, HR is all about uh, common sense. But unfortunately, common <laughs> sense is uncommon. <laughs> Doesn't come so easily Doesn't nowadays. come so easily, right? <laughs> so if, if you get the common sense right, then uh, most of... The, whatever you do will be right. right? And, and I also put in the element of heart because mm. everything is not just about using the head. Mm. We are in a people-related people environment, so there's the element of heart, there's mm. the element of empathy that, that comes in, there's yeah, the element of feelings that come in, but it always has to be balanced with mm. the head element. Mm. So if you put both of this together, you're already 25% right in, in a HRBP. And then I move on to the, to the R. R. Right? You've got to be Resource. relevant. Oh. You got to be current. Mm. There, there are some some people who want to become HR business partner, but they are staying in in the old age. Old age huh? They they Always. have not moved forward. So for this, if if they upskill themselves, they become relevant. They become current. They they are they are on the right track. Mm. I I generally ask my team members, how do you stay relevant? Mm. What what do you do to stay relevant? Mm. Do you read? Mm. Do you, I mean, what, what do you do? What do you read? You yeah. know, how do you keep this going? Yeah. So this is the question that I ask my team members and, and there's also a question that I would say if you're a HRBP, you should ask yourself right. to keep up to the current scenario. Continuous learning in Continuous sense. learning. Yeah. And this will, this will keep you in, in this role. Mm. Then if I move on to the third part, the B of it, I, I say you have to be Beautiful. Bold. Beautiful. <laughs> But bull, okay. <laughs> bull is uh, is required because this role uh, yeah. is not. Many people take this as a as a postman job. You want to be a nice person right. to the business and to to the HR community, but it's a role where you make a difference, mm. and you got to be bold in the in the directions and the decisions that you make. Mm. In, it is not easy. I mean, it's always difficult to pass a, a strong message, mm. but it is required. Mm. And if you don't have that, that 
ability to make bold decisions, bold yeah. calls, this will also not be a role for you. Right. Do you think influence plays a big part in being bold as well? Yes. And and influencing with with uh, with logical explanation, right. right? I think that's important. Mm. Because sometimes you see uh, this role uh, or any HR roles, if you pay, play a postman role and you say the policy says this, so this is it. Mm. It's going to be difficult for the business or for the employees to understand. To accept right? as that, well. To accept yeah. as well. So it's always about how do you play a, a tactful intellectual mm. role to explain why is the policy such? Mm. Or if there's about time for you to now review the policy, then so be it. Mm. Then try and, and, and look at it and review it and do what's best. Because you've got to be current. Yeah. Right? You've got to be relevant to the current situation and that's, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, if I just go to the last part, the P, that's where I say you've got to be progressive. Oh. Right? And progressive here means you've got to understand what the business is going through. Mm. And you got to see whether whatever we have, just mm-hmm. to a policy example, is this still relevant? Mm-hmm. Is this able to support the growth of the business? Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a successful HR business partner or a, or a HR community, I think this becomes uh, the four key. key elements that is required. Yeah, and I think it sums up really nicely also because HRBB is so easy to <laughs> easy to remember. And and I think you're not just only going to be, if you really uh, look into the four components, you're not just only going to be effective, but you're also going to build credibility and trust and, and then really um, being able to be that strategic partner to the business. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also just like to to, to bucket this into two, two buckets, right? Mm. One, as a, as a HR business partner or as a HR partner, uh, you need to have business acumen. Mm. You, you got to really understand what the business is going through. Right. And at the same time, one part that many people forget is you also have to have the people skills mm. because we are in a people business. Yes. <laughs> many people, when they talk about HR business partnering, they, they go towards uh, business acumen, business right. knowledge, business language, which is good, which is required. But at the same time, they tend to forget the people mm. skills that is required. So it's a balance that needs to happen This there. both needs to be balanced. Right. And that makes a, a good yeah. business But partner. that's tough as well, right? Because sometimes when you want to be a good human, <laughs> which may not which may not lead to a, a profitable business, then that's where you have to be objective and, and you know, some wise counsel will be needed then. Yes. So that's why when you balance the business mm. and the people skills, then, yeah. then you're probably able to, to get this right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's this analogy that I, I try and talk to some people that I meet and when I interview, right? Because most people who, who I speak to, they, they always talk about I, I always they, they tell me that I always think outside of the box I'm mm. very strategic and mm. I can do many things mm. and the question that I always ask them is do you know where is the box <laughs> so you first got to know oh, what is the box what is the box where <laughs> yeah. is the box yeah. now, if you're telling me you're thinking outside of the box what is the box where is the box what is inside what is inside yeah. so I, I try and frame uh, right. our HR team that first you got to identify where is the box. Mm. The box serves as the, as the parameter. Mm. This is the boundary. This is mm. the role, the role that you play. 
Then you got to know what's inside the box. Mm. Inside the box is where the policies, the processes, the systems that you have in place. Yeah. These are the, the basics. Well. Mm. Yes, and these are the basics that many people take for granted. Mm. They Very always true. say that oh, all of this is in order. I don't need yeah. to focus on Very this. Very true. But this is the first part that you got to get right. Yeah. Then you know your box. Only then you talk about outside the box. Right. <laughs> That's when you start doing you know value adding, strategic stuff yeah. for the business and for the organization. Yeah. But not knowing where the box is and yeah. what's inside the box, mm. you will surely fail trying to do something outside mm. the box or it will not be sustainable. Yeah. You can't, I, I guess you just can't take shortcuts. You have Precisely. to, yeah, you have to do the groundwork and grow from there. Uh, you can't, yeah, you can't jump certain levels up. Precisely. I mean, that's, that's the whole issue. Right. So, Vignesh, you have been in different industries throughout your career as well. What are some things you have done to really develop a deeper understanding of the business you are in? I mean, we, we talked earlier about HR people being able to understand businesses, but businesses are so different from mm. one and another. How, what have you done to upskill yourself in that? I think that is the, the, the most important uh, piece as a, as a HR personnel. Mm. Uh, the most important thing is to understand the business. Mm. And what I've done in the different roles that I've been is I've spent a lot of time trying to assimilate myself in the business. Mm. And this can happen in, in many forms. It can be the, the I mean, I, I've involved myself and I've been fortunate and privileged that I've worked with business leaders who have always involved uh, HR in, in key strategic mm. meetings and management meetings. So to me, the management meetings provide you the, the basics of understanding the business. It gives you the, the formal understanding on what's happening. Mm. What's our present position as a business? What did we do in the past? And what are we looking forward to? For the future, mm. now, the, so it kind of gives you an understanding of our position today, mm. and that's important because right. many HR people are not involved in this management meetings or, or do yeah. not make themselves involved, which makes them uh, not aware on the on the current position. Right. You know, it's it's just like a like a football match. You know, I'm I'm a big uh, Liverpool fan, uh, and and uh, wow. one of <laughs> and and one of the thing that whenever you watch a football match, you want to know what's the score. Yeah. You know, you want first you want to know what what minute are we at? You know, if you're not watching from the beginning, right. and what's the score? And that score, let's assume Liverpool is up 2-0, it gives you an understanding... Or of down 2-0. Okay. Down, <laughs> I might switch off the TV. You know? but, but otherwise, generally they're up 2-0. So then it, it kind of tells you that, okay, at the 40th minute, mm. or if you translate that into business, maybe on fifth month of the year or sixth month of the mm. year, we are 2 or 20% up against our budget. Right. So it kind of gives you an understanding on, yeah. on where we are and what do we need to do next mm. and what were we last year or in mm. the past or in a previous game. Mm. So the positioning of current, past and, and future mm. will help you understand where the business is going and how do you then tailor HR solutions to support the business in the journey. Mm. Often when you don't know the position, we, we go in a different tangent. Yeah. You know, it's like the business is on an austerity drive and then suddenly <laughs> HR goes and introduces, let's do a, like a charity program, for example, right? Yeah. So this is the, the basic that has helped me understand the business. That's good. Besides that, I, I also believe it's important for us to attend events that the business organizes, whether mm. it's trade visits, market visits, 
exhibitions mm. or visits to our partners, clients, customers. This really helps. Mm. Be on the, the ground. Yeah, be on the ground because mm. it helps us to understand what's really happening, mm. what our people facing and you get insights through these visits and these experiences which you don't get in meetings or by reading whatever notes. Mm. So these two things has really helped me right. and definitely the other part that has really helped me throughout my career is engaging myself with the business leaders mm. and the operations people. Mm. Having chats. Having chats, mm. you go for lunch, mm. you go for dinner, you talk to them. The conversation that you have give you a lot more insights or different perspectives mm. from from what you you had. Mm, so then, yeah. whenever I try and provide something from a HR perspective, it is kind of aligned to what the business expects. Mm, that's very important, and I think um, even in this day and age, uh, when I talk to different people. HRBP and when you talk about business acumen it can seem overwhelming to 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 HR because it's such a big word um, but like what you say if you can just do those normal you know catch-ups chats lunches and understanding going down to the ground and and they'll be able to to upskill themselves from that and I think more and more people are coming to HR from other backgrounds even and it's really a, only a matter of time for the requirements for a holistic HR person uh, will come from a mixed set of experiences, trainings and backgrounds even. Yeah, I mean, that is already happening at this point of time because uh, many HR people never really studied HR. Yeah. They, are, they are all, I mean, I studied engineering wow. and many of my team members are from various uh, industries yeah. and backgrounds. So that that is happening. It's all about how do they then use those skills and, and, and do something uh, mm. interesting with HR. That's nice. All right, before we go into the next segment, we're going to take a short break. Kevin is at an interview for a job. He's a fresh grad and hopes to gain his first working experience. The interviewer asks him, I see that you're very much academically inclined. Oh, thank you. I try my best. Uh, yes, but there doesn't seem to be much working experience on your resume. Uh... Yeah, I just graduated, so this will be my first job. Great, we'll call you. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure you know how this ends. HR interviewers are not only looking at what's on paper. They're looking to understand you, your strengths, as well as areas of improvement and how you could be a fit for the job you applied for as well as the organization's culture. Past working experience can help paint this picture. Sure, most fresh grads don't have much working experience, so how can they convince an employer to take a chance on them? Here's what Kevin could have said. Uh, yes, but there doesn't seem to be much working experience on your resume. Yes, but I'm a fast learner, I'm eager to learn, and I'm very hardworking. An answer like that would have been better, as it shows what you're willing to bring to the table. But to do so, Kevin has to be aware of what he's actually good at and what he's willing to improve. An easy way for someone in Kevin's shoes to go about identifying his strengths and weaknesses is to take a virtual assessment. If you find yourself in this position, a great resource you could use is the Virtual Assessment Center at Leadernomics.com. 
it would help give you a head start on taking control of your future interview process and to know a little bit more about yourself. Own your future. Link is in the episode's description. Welcome back to HR Essentials. We have with us Vignesh Nambia from EDKSH. And before the break, we talked about the skills that HR needs to have to continue to stay relevant and credible and be an effective business partner. And so, Vignesh, we know that HRBP has been around for many, many years, the term, but many organizations and different industries or even countries from your experiences may not have grasped the idea totally. They may not be even on the same page. Why do you think that happens? Well, I think from from my perspective, there are companies uh, that have done this role well and there are companies that have not really got this right. Mm. And um, I would think a couple of uh, reasons to it. The, the first thing would or from my perspective is what I mentioned earlier, they they probably don't possess the HRBP skills, mm. right? So when, when you don't have that four elements or majority of the four elements, chances are the role will, will not be seen as effective. Mm. And this is the biggest problem in, in the current scenario mm. because many business leaders do not see what is the significance of this role mm. when, when you're unable to, to fulfill the HRBP that I, I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And uh, in, in some parts, uh, it also does not work well or the pitfall is because the role is not made very clear. Uh, you know, it's, it's again the box story that I mentioned earlier, the parameter of the role. Mm-hmm. Because it's very easy for the HRBP role to be sandwiched between the center of excellence, the COE role and the operations. Mm-hmm. So... When they are in the in the middle, this role is the middle. If you do not take the role uh, seriously and push this through, because yeah. it's very easy to hide in between these two clusters right. and and then play the blame game and something doesn't go right. And end of the day, that translates into inefficiency mm. and 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 then goes the thing where HRBP is not functioning. Yeah. So I would think the the pitfall is is pretty much on the person who's doing the role mm. and uh, if you have the right person this will be successful as it has happened in many organizations mm. and well i think uh, those people who have been doing the traditional hr might not be able to to immediately be transitioned to a hr business partner because it, it's different skills altogether different skills yeah it takes some time yeah so sometimes the pitfall or the business partnering role fails because organizations or people believe that anybody can do the role mm. and they just move someone who, mm. the, the person who is available into the role right and these people might not have the the four skills that i mentioned yeah. earlier and that could translate into the role becoming uh, inefficient. Mm. If, if I just try and reflect on some of the countries that I manage in the region, mm. uh, especially in Indochina, HR business partnering is not really a, a skill that is, uh, is big. Mm. It's, it's how Malaysia was 20 years ago. Right. Some organizations are trying uh, and, and some of them are making progress and some are not. Mm. And if I try and look at it again, the ones that are not making is because they are just getting whoever that's been doing traditional HR to become now a business partner right. and, and they lack the skill. Right. So over time, with the right training, with the right upskilling and exposure, these this roles will become relevant in those markets. Mm. And, and I guess 
it all goes back to the person you have mm. the the role that they need to play mm. and the best fit candidate will be able to get this going mm. so so like what you're saying is um, it's not just about the title, but it's knowing who the right fit is and also the organization knowing what that role entails will then ensure a successful um, HRBP. Yes, yes, precisely. precisely. So what do you think is the biggest myth about being a great HR business partner? <laughs> <laughs> what have you heard out there? Uh, this, this is quite an interesting question. You know, to me, the biggest myth is uh, people saying that HR business partner is is the most strategic role in an organization. Mm. Some even say that this role is more strategic than the head of strategy. Wow! <laughs> yeah, to me, this is this is the biggest make or the biggest joke, you know, because uh, some people that I talk to, they they believe that HRBP is strategic. Mm. I come in, I only do strategy role. I only do blue ocean role. Right. right? This kind of thought is is in their mind, mm. and they will never succeed if that's the that's right. how they, yeah. they see the role. Yeah. There is definitely a huge portion of strategic uh, piece to mm. this role, but you cannot run away from the operations right. piece. The HR part of it The also. HR part of it, the, the operations part of it, the doing of the role is always there. Mm. If you come in and you say, no, I can't get my hands dirty, I can only think and tell, then the question is who's going to do? Mm. Right? You can think, you can tell, and you must do. Mm. So when people get this connection right, mm. they will be successful. Right. And for some people who are still floating and think that this is the most strategic role in an organization... Burst their bubble. Yes, you got to get up. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. And what do you think is next after HRBP? You know, how, how do you think this role can or how, how can this role evolve further? Well, from my perspective, the role will most likely evolve with technology. Mm. I think with now more and more technology. We, we had an era where HRIS came in and took certain part of operational administrative tasks from the HR community. Now with, with uh, technology's advancement, with smartphones, more of, of the operational task will get to, to systems, to technology, and this will free up a lot more space of the HR business partners mm. to be more strategic focused. Mm. For those who are dreaming earlier, maybe it will become a reality in, in time to come. But uh, I guess this will be the future. Right. They will, they will start to embed themselves more into business, mm. more into providing strategic HR solutions where every other part will be managed by mm. technology. All right. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Vignesh, for sharing your valuable perspectives about you know HRBP having the head, the heart, uh, being bold and progressive, and you know what an exciting time to be in the people business as we become more effective to our people and also our business, and I guess helping them know that they never walk alone. Surely, <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.